faith is not a feeling. But God wasn't through. Because the Lord impressed in my spirit, and I'm going to go through. Turn with me to John, the 11th chapter. John, St. John, the 11th chapter. And I want you to go to verse 40. And I'm going to read through verse 44. Isn't God so good? I'll tell you what, his presence is in the place. His presence is in the place. John, the 11th chapter, beginning at verse 40. Open up your hearts to hear what God is saying. Amen. Amen. Jesus said unto her, let that be you. We're getting ready to get a touchdown in here today. I want you to make this personal. I feel his spirit stirring just right there. And say, Jesus said unto me. Come on, let's say it again. Say, Jesus said unto me. Said I not unto thee that if thou would believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Now let's make it personal. Again, say Jesus said unto me that if I would believe, I shall see the glory of the Lord. Come on, you better grab hold of that verse. You better grab hold of that verse. Jesus said unto me that if I would believe, I shall see the glory of the Lord. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hear me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. This is what God is saying today. You may be seated. God want me to teach on grave clothes. We got a house full of grave clothes. Everybody in here got on some grave clothes. And you don't even know it. Because see what was going on here. Everybody's familiar with this passage. They had sent for Jesus because Lazarus was sick. And Jesus was close to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And when they sent unto him to come, Jesus did not come at that time. And Lazarus died. So Jesus came after four days, he was laying in the grave. And Mary and Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But Jesus let them know that he was the resurrection and the life. And those that believe in him 
yet they are dead, they shall live. So this is what Jesus began to tell them. So he knew he was dead for four days, but he wanted them to see the glory of God. Some of us haven't even seen the glory of God. You living off of somebody else, but you haven't really seen the glory of God in your life because you're not believing what he's already done. Come on, we can come to church, we can hoot, we can holler, but it's still things going on in our life that take us back to the same place that we always been. Now, Lazarus, understand what was happening here. Lazarus was buried in a, in a tomb. He was dead. That was his death. That was his burial. So they buried him. But when Jesus came on the scene, Jesus was going to bring life unto a dead body. That's the death, burial, and resurrection. That represents Jesus Christ. So he died. But Jesus came and he said, roll away the stone. See, there's things in our way that's keeping us from coming forth from the dead. But Jesus said, let's roll away this stone. So the stone had to be rolled away so he could call Lazarus forth. So I'm speaking right now in the atmosphere. Whatever stone is in your life in this place today, I'm saying roll away that stone so you can come forth the way God wants you to come forth. So when he said roll away the stone and what he had to do, he had to speak to the dead. Lazarus was dead. He didn't call nobody forth but Lazarus. Why did he only call Lazarus forth? Because I believe Jesus knew it wasn't yet time for Lazarus. He had to know that Lazarus wanted to live and not die. See, God got to know deep within you that you want to live. Come on, some of us have just given up and we want death to take over. But deep down and inside, you don't want to die. You're just tired of being the way you are. So a quick fix was, just let me die. But God said, no, it's not yet your time. So he called Lazarus forth, but this is the part I want you to get. Remember, death, burial, and resurrection. He called him forth from the dead. Just like us, when we accept Jesus, we are buried with him unto death. That means that sin nature is dead because it is buried. When we come up, we come up in a newness of life. This is what happened to Lazarus. He came out of the grave because Jesus called him forth. That was the resurrection. But this is the part the church is missing. Your spirit got saved. Your spirit got renewed. It got born again. It's life in your spirit. But when Lazarus come out of the grave, he came out of the grave with grave clothes, what he was buried with. Y'all ain't getting it. So even though you save and you've been resurrected and it's life in your spirit, you still wearing grave clothes. And Jesus said they got to be loosed off of you. He said, loose him and let him go. Some of y'all been saved for 20 years walking around in grave clothes. And the grave clothes that you're walking around is, is things that happen in your life before you got born again. And the enemy know he still got you, even though you saved. Mm. That's what's going on in the body of Christ. Yes, you're born again, but you're living like you're not born again because you don't want to loose them grave clothes. Oh, we're going to get deep today. Some of you want to stay bound. But Jesus knew that Lazarus didn't want to stay in that state. So he said, lose him 
and let him go. See, some of us say we're no longer bound, we're free. We're free in our spirit. But our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions is tore up from the flow up. And I'm going to prove that to you. See, our problem is we come to church, we say we save, but deep down on the inside, we wonder if we still serving Jesus with some of the stuff we still thinking, with some of the stuff that we still doing. You are wearing grave clothes, and God is saying you got to be loose from that stuff. You can't even serve Jesus right wearing grave clothes, and the enemy know that. When you get ready to raise your hand, some of the grave clothes you got on, put down your hand. You ain't worthy enough to raise your hand. You got on some grave clothes. And you got to find out, where is this unworthiness coming from? Why am I feeling unworthy? Why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? Because you still got on some grave clothes. Same pattern. Right now, you, you got happy. In here a few minutes ago, but when you leave out of here, the same grave clothes that you come in with, that you ain't really willing to lose, you go back to the same way you act and how you felt before. Because you got to be loose from those things. People don't want to be loosed. They don't want to be set free because they think that that gives them some type of position, some type of power. So God took me back. Come on, who want to be loosed? Who want to let go of what they're holding on to? It's nothing to be ashamed of. We go back to the beginning and we see in the beginning how God created the heavens and the earth. And we see that the earth was what? Dark. It was voided. It was empty. It was nothing there. But God had to end up speaking light. The first thing that God spoke was light. Why? Because the light had to do what? It had to expel the darkness so the first thing he said was let there be light and see that's what happened to us when we got saved that spirit that was dead in us it received the light the life of God so we can live again but the problem is even though we were living we're living in our spirit but on the outside we're living just like we're dead so we look at he said let there be light and God created everything God the way he wanted it to be created The Bible said everything he created, y'all, was good. When he finished it, it said it was very good. So that means it was no evil. It was so good, so pleasant, so loving. No evil was there. And then God said that let's create male and female in our image. So God created male and female in his image. He gave them dominion. He gave them rights to rule and reign over what he had created. We are special people. Because he gave us that right to rule and reign. And then what he did, we were spirit beings. So what God did, he breathed life into that body he made from the dust of the ground. And that life and that body became a living soul. So that was spirit, soul, and body. And then after that um, body became a living soul, God took the body and he placed it into the Garden of Eden. And in that garden, he told man, I want you to keep that garden. I want you to watch over that garden. So he gave him the right. He gave them the authority to watch over what he had created for man. Amen. So we know all of this. And then God began to tell man, every tree that I have planted in this garden that's good for food, you can eat of that tree. He said the tree of life, you can eat of that tree. But the tree of knowledge and good and evil, 
He said, don't eat of that tree. He said, if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. That was a promise from God. I want y'all to grab hold to this. That was a promise from God. He said, everything you can eat of, but do not eat from this one tree. So man had everything in that garden. And some people say, why would God create a place like that and put a tree in that place and tell you not to eat of it when he knew it was going to bring death? Because God said, I have to give you a choice. He said, I have to give you a choice. I have to give you a right to choose. That's why he said, choose. Joshua said, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. He told them to choose life or to choose death. But then he came back and he said, choose life. He's telling, come on, God is too good. He's telling you to choose life. So when he told them not to, how many know the devil is always lurking? He's always waiting because he know he's doomed to destruction. He know where he's going and he want to take some people with him. He already know where he's going. So this is what God began to show me. So then God began to say he didn't want man to be alone. So he created a woman to be a helpmate. I'm going to put this in here and we're going to go back to this. Understand this. He created who? Male and female. Say it again. Male and female. He had to create a man and he had to create a woman. And there was a purpose of male and female being created. Because he said, I need for you to be fruitful and multiply. Male and male can't be fruitful. Woman and woman cannot be fruitful. That's a lie right there. So God had to do it his way for male and female to be fruitful and multiply. Why? Because he needed them to have seed after their own kind. Just like he had the animal kingdom. He had to have them to to produce after their own kind. He had the ones in the sea to produce after their own kind. The ones in the air to produce after their own kind. The only way they can do it is male and female. I ain't seen two female birds bring forth nothing. Have y'all? I actually see dogs these days go after a woman dog and not a boy dog. Anybody seen that? Come on, let's be real. So we see how the order of God was, how his pattern was. This is how God wanted it to be. Y'all, come on, I'm I'm giving you something right now because you're taking off grave clothes. See, somebody told you that this is the way that you're supposed to be. They told you that this is how God wanted you to be. He wanted you to be a man and not a woman. He wanted you to be what? A woman and not a man. This is what God, how God wanted me to be. And you feel good about that because you believe that lie all your life. But the word of God said male and female. Then after he did all this, he didn't want Adam to be alone. But guess what? The woman was already in Adam. So he didn't want him to be alone. So he said, I'm going to give you a help me. So he put Adam to sleep. And y'all know Eve come out of Adam. And he said, this is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. He said he will cleave to his wife and he'll leave his mother and father. Amen. So Eve was there with Adam to help Adam. Now, the thing I want you to understand, too, is two things that I want you to understand. It was Adam and Eve, right? And he gave them a command to be fruitful and multiply, but they could not be fruitful and multiply until they were married. 
God is not going to put two people in the Garden of Eden being unmarried and telling them to be fruitful and multiply because that's sin and that's going against what God believed. Everybody got that? So we're going to take off those grave clothes up in here today where the enemy told you it's okay to live with this one and live with that one and be fruitful and multiply and kids are being called bastards. Come on, that's not God. That's not biblical. That's why you got all of these nations under one roof. Because we're getting out of the order of God, trying to produce kids after a man that looked good. Ain't even married to the guy, but you're trying to find a man that's going to get you pretty churn. Come on, we're going to take off these grave clothes. So we look at what he did. So Adam and Eve is together, and the Bible says, and they were both naked, the man and wife. You hear that? The man and wife. Do y'all know what wife means? He specified that in the beginning. Did anybody miss it? Adam and Eve were married, wife. And it says, and we're not ashamed. They have nothing to be ashamed of. Because everything God created is what? Good. Now, this is the part I want to go to. They're in paradise. They have everything they need in paradise. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Just like your spirit have everything you need. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That's the Garden of Eden right there. But then one day, out of God's creation, Satan used the serpent. This is what I want to tell you. Don't think you can't be used by the enemy just because you saved. Nobody in this place don't think that you're so picture perfect the enemy won't use you. He had to take what God created. Because God is the creator, not Satan. Satan couldn't even create himself. So God was the creator. He created the serpent. The enemy had to have something or someone he can use to get what he need. What am I telling you? The enemy just don't come upon you any kind of way. He'll use a Christian to bring another Christian down. So he used the serpent, and the Bible said the serpent was more subtle. What it means was he was crafty, he was sly, he was slick, he was deceitful, cunning, all of that stuff. So he used that serpent. He had to use what God created. I want y'all to catch this because these grave clothes got to come off. He has to use what God has created because God created everything. So the enemy logic is I have to take what God created and make it a mess. So he used the serpent. That's the first thing. He had to use somebody. Then he took what God said and he twisted it. So even though he have the person that he's using, he got to tell that person what to do, making it look like it's right when it ain't for his benefit. So he said, have God said, you cannot eat of the what? Trees. So y'all know what he did, right? So deceit was in place, right? So once he got that in place, he had to, he had to use what God created, which was a person, a serpent. Then he took the word of God and he twisted the word. So y'all know what happened when he did that. We come back with the word just like Eve does. Hallelujah. We come back and tell the devil what the word says. But then the devil hit something in us that we really long for and desire. He hit that root. 
that's planted. So there was a desire there had to be in Eve because she had everything that she needed. But he turned around and said to her about that tree. You, if you eat from that tree, you will know good and evil like God. Why would you want to take something God did not want you to take? Because God is your loving father. He know what you need at the time. So y'all know what happened. Eve ate from that tree. She gave some to who? She gave some to her husband, right? So guess what happened after that? The Bible said their eyes were open. See, they didn't know anything about evil. Only thing they knew was good. Can you imagine the only thing you know is good? You don't know nothing about evil. The only thing you know is good. Evil is present amongst you, but you don't even know nothing about that because God is such a good God. So immediately they said their eyes was open. It said here, and the eyes of them were both open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. Now, understand this. Now, sin has come into the world. Before, they were not ashamed of their nakedness. Now that they ate from this tree that God told them not to eat from, they knew that they were naked, and they became ashamed, and they tried to fix it themselves. I'm going somewhere. Some of y'all are saved and still trying to fix stuff yourself. You're trying to put things together to cover up what you done done. Because you're hiding, oh God, going somewhere today. Some of you are hiding behind sin. And when you hide behind sin, you run from God. So what they were doing, they were hiding. When they realized they were naked, they became ashamed. What am I saying to you? If anybody in this place is feeling shame, there's a root from your shame. There's a root to the reason why you're feeling like you're feeling, and you're trying to hide so people won't know about you. You're ashamed and saved, but you shouldn't be ashamed. But they were ashamed because sin brings shame. And then God began to tell them, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Who does that, people? You are saved. You are born again. Why are you hiding from the presence of the Lord? Why you refuse to get help when you know you need help? Because guess what? The enemy don't want your sin found out because he can still use you. Because you still got on some grave clothes. You still are saying, I love the Lord. But deep down on the inside, you got shame. You got guilt. Because there's something there that the enemy is holding on you. And you can't even worship him like you need to worship him. So they hid themselves from the presence of God. Sin hides. Sin don't want to be found out. This is why I thank God for this ministry to root up and to tear down. You in the right place. Because whatever is hidden, God is going to reveal that to you so you can get rid of it, so you can live that abundant life God has given you. It goes beyond just saying, I do at the altar. Come on, married couples, y'all should understand that. You look pretty on that day. You excited on that day. But then the next day, you feeling some kind of way. You just said, I do. Why am I feeling lonely and I got a husband? Why do I feel unneeded and I'm unwanted from this man? Why he don't hold me like he need to hold me? Why he don't see me for who I am? Why I got to still hide behind makeup and can't be myself and I'm married to this man? Why I got to tighten up myself to make myself look good in front of... Come on, you got on some grave clothes. 
You're asking yourself all of these things. Why I still don't feel good about myself? I thought marriage would change me. I thought being saved would change me. I feel the same way. Oh, can I get some witnesses? I feel the same way. Ain't no different. So they were hiding from God. And then God began, and the Lord said unto Adam, and said, the Lord called unto Adam and said, Where art thou, Adam? God knew Adam was hiding from him. He said, Where you at, Adam? He told God, he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. You know why? Sin can't stand in front of God. Sin cannot stand in the presence of God. So they were so afraid, they hid themselves. And then he said, because I was naked and I hid myself. He was ashamed. He felt guilt. And I like this part, what God said. Who told you that you were naked? See that? God knew you ate from that tree. Now you done bought sin into the world. Now you can feel your shame, your guilt. You ain't free like you always been free because you know what you're doing. I'm going to hit this nail right on the head. How many of y'all, when you do something, you feel shame? Don't feel nothing when you're doing it. But after, you you do, you do. Because before you do it, you got a voice that says, don't do that. Don't lay down there. You got a wife at home. You committed yourself to this woman. You ain't married to her yet, but you committed yourself to this woman. You made a commitment like Joseph did to Mary. He betrothed Mary. That means nobody else couldn't have Mary but Joseph. And guess when the marriage started? When they came together. And Joseph couldn't even touch Mary while she was carrying Jesus. He had to wait until she delivered the word before he could even get with Mary. Y'all better come on now. Nobody don't want to hear this. If you don't want them grave clothes off, you can leave. Because some of you don't want to give up the bedroom. Some of you don't want to give up that good feeling. But that good feeling is bringing you death. And when you connect with somebody that's got all kind of stuff going on in their life, you end up with what they got. So this is what happened. Adam and Eve, they, they did opposite of what God said. It brought shame. It brought guilt. They became afraid. They began to hide themselves from the presence of the Lord. Look at all of this stuff that they had to deal with. So then after all of this, he goes to the next thing too. That woman you gave me. He done blamed the woman and done blamed God. If you hadn't gave me this woman, I wouldn't ate from the tree. Some of you Christians still trying to justify your wrongness. Just get up there and say, I was wrong. Don't put me in it or nobody else in it. It was you that sinned, just like David. David didn't bring it on Bathsheba. He didn't bring it up, bring it on the husband. He said it was I who sinned against God. Some of y'all blaming everybody else for your big mouth. You blaming your husband and wife for fornicating? Committing adultery, if she had a quit taking Tylenol every night and giving me what I want, I wouldn't have slept with this woman. Oh, I'm hitting something today. You trying to justify your wrongness. I wouldn't be cutting my eye if you lose weight. We're trying to justify this what happened here. 
Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm going somewhere. I ain't going to get too deep because I know I got kids in the room. I wouldn't be using all these toys, Lord, if you give me a man. You justifying what you're doing and you got a husband. You send me a real man, I don't need toys. Oh, we're going to talk because, see, when sin come in the world, it left some stuff. It brought some darkness. It brought some darkness in the world. So they began to blame. Y'all know Eve blamed the serpent. She had a choice. That serpent, that woman. God, if you hadn't gave me that woman, he'd have messed up now. It wouldn't have been this way. So we know blame came in. This is why we try to justify ourselves now, y'all. Because we know we wrong, but we put it on somebody else because it don't make us feel as bad. Y'all ever been in that situation? So I'm going somewhere with this. So look at these grave clothes that they have on. So what did God have to do? He had to send them out from the garden because he said, if you continually live in this garden and eat from the tree of life, you're going to live in this condition, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. So we know that they end up having children. Adam knew Eve. They end up having Cain and Abel. So sin was still what? In the world. Cain ended up killing his brother. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Killing his brother. Because he um, got more respect from his offering than he did. Y'all know these stories, but it's going somewhere. So he ended up killing his brother, committing murder, and then God called him out on what he'd done. But God let him know, why is your continent so rough, king? Why are you so angry? He said, don't you know that sin lieth at the door and wait on you? The devil is waiting. He's going about like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can de devour. He's seeking whom he can use. He's seeking whom he can devour. So God said, sin lies at the door and wait for you, but you can master it. He was letting him know sin should not have control over you. So we know what happened with them. We know what happened with, with Cain. And look at this. King, through King's generation, I'm going somewhere, he had somebody that ended up doing just like he did. It went through the generation. But then she ended up having another child, Adam and Eve, which was Seth. And then God began to have a righteous person. So through Seth, we go on through the generations and we know what happened with him. And I'm getting to this point because I want y'all to understand this, where I'm going. We look at through Seth, through the generation, and then we get to who? Noah. I'm going to Noah. The Bible said that God saw, I want y'all to check this, and God saw that wickedness in um, Genesis, the sixth chapter, and God saw that wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So God saw that it was so much wickedness in the earth, and all man thought about was evil. Continually, every day, they thinking on evil. Then that another verse says, the earth was corrupt in verse 11 before God and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth and said, and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh has corrupted its way upon the earth. So God seeing corruption all over the earth. So this is what God said I'm going to do. But what he did, he found a righteous man, which was Noah. I'm going somewhere with this. I want y'all to hear this. Jesus had not come yet. Amen. He had not come yet. 
But God found some righteous people amongst that generation. He had some that in spite of what was going on around them, they made up their mind that they were going to serve God. Not that there was picture perfect, but they made up their mind that they were going to serve God. So God used Noah because he found Noah right righteous and he told Noah this is what I want you to do he said I am going to destroy the earth because there was violence in all the earth he said I'm going to literally get rid of everything that's on the earth I want you to build an ark so he told Noah how to build the ark he told Noah the animals that need to go into the ark he told Noah that his family his sons his wife and their wives will go in the ark if y'all count as eight people eight people mean new beginning So he had eight people going in that ark. He had the animals of every kind, male and female, going in that ark. He had every animal in that ark that he wanted to replenish the earth. So after Noah did everything that God told him to do, guess what? The ark was shut. That's your spirit. When you got born again, your spirit is sealed until the day of redemption, meaning nothing can touch your spirit. Because that's where the life of God is. So as long as you're walking in the spirit and you're not entertaining the flesh, oh, you have some life. So this is what happened. He closed the door. They were shut up in there. And after they were shut up for a long, long time, and I want y'all to catch this. They were shut up for a long time. And then God made a covenant with Noah. He said he would not destroy the earth again. So he let all of them off the the boat, the, the ark, and they began to do what God told them to do. But I want you to understand this. Noah and his sons and their wives and Noah's wife come off that boat, right? He told them to replenish the earth. They still had authority over it because he wiped out all the evil. So they starting over again. But this is what I want to tell you. Just because you're born again, just because you're saying you're chosen and you're accepted in the beloved, you still have some grave clothes on you. Why? Because Noah and his children were still in a corrupt world. You are in the world, but you're not of the world. So just because you coming out of the world because you're saved, even though you're walking amongst the world, you don't supposed to do like the world does, but there's still some residue that's left on you from the world. Y'all better catch it. Some of y'all think you're so picture perfect because you don't say nothing, because you don't fuss like everybody else. In your mind, there's some warfare. In your mind, you don't cuss somebody out. You don't beat them up. You don't ask yourself, why am I still with you? I can't stand you. There's still some stuff going on in your mind. Say, preach, apostle. Don't worry, I am. So we see what was going on here. So after knowing them got off, Noah did him a vineyard, y'all. And in that vineyard, Noah got drunk. Wasn't some residue left. Noah got drunk off the vineyard that Noah planted. He got drunk, so he had three sons, and those three sons, one of the sons, which was Ham, went in there and saw his father nakedness. Now, remember in Genesis, being naked brought shame. So it was still shame there. So you want to respect a person that's naked. You don't want to be going out telling their business and what you saw, every wrinkle, every everything. That's just so disrespectful. That was his son. So he saw his father nakedness, and he went out and told somebody about it, told the brothers. Okay, he kept it in the family, but it was wrong, right? 
His brothers went in there and they went backwards and they covered up their father's nakedness because they were still showing respect for their father. When Noah woke out of his drunkenness, he knew what his son Ham had done. Y'all better catch it because this is where I'm taking off. He knew what Ham had done. So he told Ham, curse be Canaan. Now, why didn't Ham get cursed? This is what he's saying. Because of what you done, Ham, it's going through your generation. Uh Uh-oh, I'm going somewhere. We got some grave clothes up in here that's coming through the generation. Oh, I'm going to fix it. We're going to fix it. So Ham saw the father naked. Let me come out of this shoe. Ham saw the father naked. But the father cursed his son, Ham's son. And the reason why, because Ham was Noah's son. And by him exposing his father, he said, what you done is going to run through your generation. So this is why I'm going somewhere. Y'all dealing with um, Ham's generation, it was Canaan in that generation. That's how you get the Canaanites. And the Canaanites had seven nations. And all seven of those nations, Habitites, Gergesites, um, all of them sites, they come through Canaan, which was the grandson. And all of them done some stuff that was just nasty. They um, committed adultery. They did all that kind of mess. They, they killed their kids through the fire with other gods. They did incest. They did some crazy stuff. But Noah let them know these nations through Canaan, He said, there are seven nations through Canaan, the Canaanites on down. He said, you're going to see all of this stuff. They're going to be so corrupt, but it come through Ham. It came through Ham, and he cursed Canaan, and it went through that generation. What am I saying to you right now? You are saved, but it's some things that happen in your generation. Now, remember, Jesus have done away with the curse. Amen? You're no longer under curse, but you still got on grave clothes because it ran through your generation. I'm going through some of this stuff. So we see how it happened and went through the generation. And when you go into the word of God, God let them know, I want you to um, go in there and get that land from Canaan. I'm taking you to the promised land. That's where he wanted them to be in Canaan. That was the promised land. But God said, when you get to this promised land, you got to go through all these ites. I want y'all to understand something. Just because you are saved, it does not mean that you don't need to be delivered from something. This is why you still got on grave clothes. You still got things in your life that happened through your parents. Now I'm going to go somewhere. David said he was conceived in sin, right? In sin, my mother conceived me. So David knew that there was sin in the world. So that goes all the way back dealing with Bathsheba. David loved the Lord with his heart, whole heart, but he had some things that were still attached to him that needed to be dealt with. So when he saw that woman, he just had to have that woman. It was coming through the generations. David didn't turn away from that. He went to that. But God was still a loving God to deliver David, but David had to admit the sin. He had to admit so it won't be no hold on him in his life. Some of y'all got stuff in your life and you're still lying about it. You don't have to tell me, but don't lie to 
of God. Some of you got a spirit of perversion that's so perverted. I'm going to go somewhere with that spirit of perversion. When we look in the word of God dealing with all these ites, they had to go in there and defeat these ites. The land that God gave them was Canaan. He said, you're going to go in the midst of that land, but you got to deal with every ite when you come in that land. God said, I want you to literally destroy everything in that land. Male, female, everything. I want you to kill it. I want you to literally destroy it. Why? Because God said they're going to vex you. They're going to be pricked, what, in your eyes, and your side. They're going to do all of this to you if you don't get rid of it. Some of y'all need to know what your family had. Because some of your families are full of incest. Sister and brother having sex. Cousins having sex with cousins. Cousins marrying cousins. Incest. And if somebody don't break that off, what I mean by breaking it off, saying, Father, I realize who I am now. The buck starts here. It will stop right here at me and will not go to my children. But I'm going to tell you what the problem is. Whatever household you are in, this is how you're going to be raised. Y'all, that's why God was telling me, he said, I put you in a home that raised you in a godly fashion. Even though you did stuff you shouldn't have done, I taught you the ways of the Lord through that home. You knew what to do and not what to do. You kept yourself through prayer of your grandfather and grandmother from getting into things everybody else was getting. Y'all ain't know how to party, ain't know how to dance, didn't know how to smoke, couldn't curse right, couldn't do none of that worldly stuff right. Why? Because it was how I was raised. However you bring up a child, I don't care if sin is in the world. If you're bringing up a child to be respectful, if you're bringing up a child to say no to sex, even though that somebody is uh, in the house and they with somebody, don't, don't do like they do. So however you bring your children up, it's the way your children is going to be. So when you have a loving home and you're teaching your children the right way, those children are going to reflect from where they come from. Don't ever say, I don't know what happened. They ain't how we live. You know how you living in your house. You know how you cursing the daddy out under your breath and thinking the kids don't hear it? You know all of these things. But what I'm saying, it go from generation to generation. Let's talk about there was a guy who uncle did not want him to be a homosexual. So he thought he had some of those ways in him. So what he did at a young age, he gave him a lot of pornography. And he told him just to watch that pornography, keep watching that pornography. So he grew up watching pornography all his life. And he thought when he got saved, all of that was done away with because he know Jesus. So when he got saved and, and got married to his wife, guess what? Those tendencies that he thought that he did not have, they begin to come out the more. Things begin to happen in his life dealing with what he saw the more. So he knew, he said, something is not right in my life. I'm saved, but yet I'm having these tendencies that I should not have. Come to find out he had a fear in him of becoming something that he's not. 
Because see, when somebody plant a seed in you to make you feel you something that you're not, eventually the enemy have a hold on you. I don't care how saved you are. I don't care how married you are. I don't care how much you say you love your wife or love your husband. Those tendencies are going to pop up and you're going to be using them on your mate. And you're going to wonder why am I doing what I'm doing? This is not me. Somebody better hear this. And it's because it's already attached to you. And the Lord is showing you what's attached to you. But guess what? You can get rid of it if you want to get rid of it. So it was attached to him that long. He got deliverance from that, but he had to go somewhere to get help to get that deliverance. He had to admit what was going on in his life. Just because you saved don't mean you ain't got some stuff going on in your life. Come on, people. Quit hiding behind sin. Sin has been dealt with. So when things creep up in your life, deal with it. And then what else happened was these tendencies came up, but there were soul ties left behind. This little boy had attached himself so much to his uncle, believed in everything his uncle said. He had to break that soul tie dealing with that uncle because that uncle had a grip on him. A soul tie comes in when you have been with a person for so long. And your feelings are tied up with their feelings. Everything they want, you want. So what he had to do, he had to break the soul tie that was tied to that uncle to get rid of what was going on in his life. So if you have a soul tie in your life, what you do too is get rid of what the person have given you as well. If you got anything in your house that ties to that person or that individual, you got to literally destroy it. This is what God is saying. Before they can come and live in that land, they had to destroy everything that was representing them Canaanites. They had to literally get rid of it. What's going on in the body of Christ? Some of us ain't got rid of nothing. Some of us still got grave clothes and we're saying, Lord, what's wrong with me? Why am I still going through what I'm going through? Another area of your life where you're wearing grave clothes is in the wound. I want to start there in the wound. The wound is where you pick up stuff from your parents. This is where the baby is fed, in the womb. If the mother is carrying that baby in the womb, the baby is hearing everything that's going on around that baby. If the mother and father is hoping for a boy and the baby is a girl in the womb, and they're speaking to that wound and saying, buddy, I can't wait till you get here. I know you're going to be a football player. I know you're going to be this. I know you're going to be that. So they speak in boy, but it's a girl all the time. When that baby come out, that baby is going to turn boyish. Not be who that baby was created to be, a girl. They're going to have tendencies like a boy. And this is what's happening in the world. Parents, we feed our children. We give our children that nourishment if we're rejecting that child in the womb. If a mother don't want a pregnancy, saying, I don't want this child. I'm not ready for this child. Rejection is in the womb. Rejection is coming out of the womb. The baby is going to feel unneeded and rejection. And Christians, you wondering why you feel rejected in the house of the Lord. You wondering why you feel rejected, unneeded, and unwanted. Because it started way back when through the generations. And if you don't know what it is, you're going to keep wearing those clothes. So when you feel rejected, unneeded, and unwanted, do you know you hurt other people just to be in the limelight? 
You put down other Christians, brothers and sisters, just so they can see you and not see them. That's what rejection does. If somebody got on a nice outfit and everybody is saying, oh, I like your outfit, somebody that's rejection rejected to say, but I think I would have put this with it. What's the point? They reject it. They want people to see what they say. They don't want that person to look good. They want to look good. They're going to always come back with something because they want to be in the limelight. Rejection come through a child be given away to. If a child has been given away, that child feel rejected. That child turns angry. That child be looking for love in the wrong places, going from man to man, trying to feel that love that they need. So they cause trouble around the people that they are around. Y'all, this is for real. Christians, we are wearing grave clothes, and some of you don't even know it. You are in a ministry where this ministry can identify where you are. And the enemy gets mad when it's identified and people go out and talk about you because they don't want nobody to know what's going on. And I don't, I'm, I don't know about you, but whatever's going on in my life that's keeping me from being totally free, I want somebody to come to me and say, this is what's going on in your life. Let's deal with it. People don't want to deal with this stuff that's sweeping up under the rug. You sweeping incest up under the rug where you know your brother's messing with your cousins. And then you let your child stay with your brother. Then when your child tell you what your brother done, now you know you need to quit your line. And the child is feeling abandonment. The child is feeling like you don't care about me. I'm telling you what's going on in my life and you don't care. So when that child gets saved because they have a come to Jesus meeting, that child thinking if I come to Jesus, I can get rid of everything that's going on in my life. That is correct. But they're still wearing those clothes. They're still wearing those memories that have to be dealt with through the word of God. You have to deal with this stuff. And the more you deal with it with the word of God, those clothes will start coming off in your life. Come on, the Holy Spirit will tell you stuff that's hidden. That need to be revealed in your life. Quit playing around with being saved, people. Yes, we are saved, but we need some work. We are a work in progress. You have to deal with these past issues. And you got to understand, things do go through the generation. But when you know who you are, you say, you don't stop here. I take control over that thing. You will not have me. You have already been defeated. But if you don't know these things, you're thinking this is the way it should be. The enemy wants you to be depressed. He wants you to be oppressed. He wants you to think you okay. Yeah, Monday might be okay, but Tuesday is coming. So we have to deal with it, y'all, through the word of God. So when you go through the word of God and you see these generations, every generation, things were going on. He said, I don't even want you to marry into that. He said, don't marry into that because when you marry into that, your children are subject to what you married into. So that's why he said, kill the mother, the father, the kids, the animals, everything. He said, I literally want you to get, get rid of it because it's going to end up going right back through the generation. That's why they had to kill the king. They had to get to the root of that thing because it was kings upon that land. Do y'all remember when um, Saul brought back the king? And brought back the good stuff and Samuel killed the king right in front of him. He said, you're just ignorant. I'm paraphrasing it. What am I saying to you? Some of you think you're okay, but you're not. Because if you got the same pattern 
that's hitting you on a different, it's just a different day. It's a stronghold in your life. Because see, in these um, nations, they had fortified walls. Those walls were so fortified, they had put walls up there so the enemy couldn't break through. They considered the Israelites their enemy, and they were. Because God said, I want you to literally destroy these people. But the enemy put up a fortified wall. That's what a stronghold is. It's a fortified wall in your mind. And the enemy is is blocking that um, wall with your thoughts. The more you think about a thing, the stronger the wall gets. And it's harder to break down that wall just with coming in there one day with the scripture. You have to hit that wall every day with the word of God to say, this is what God has to say about me today. I will not be like the other generation. You know, you have to begin to speak those things that be not as though they were every day of your life. How do you know you got over a situation? Because if you a man and you ain't looking at another man no more, hey, you got over it. But if you can't stand to be around a man because you scared that tendencies are going to stir up, you ain't got over it. You still wearing some clothes. So you still got to deal with that in that area. You cannot hide out to protect. People are hiding out to protect so they don't want to do what they really want to do. I'm just going to say it. Some of you hide because you know what you want to do. That tendency is so strong in you. Why? Because it went through your generations. And when it went through your generation, it hit you. The enemy said, I'm going to get that one. I'm going to let that one get the, get the whole book of it. So you're wondering why my house is loving, but I'm not happy. I have a good husband, but I'm not happy. So you go celebrate with other men. Or you got a good wife, you go celebrate with other women, but you come home and love your wife. You give your wife everything she wants, but you're still not satisfied. You got on some grave clothes. You got some things in your life that you need to talk to the Holy Spirit about and say, reveal this unto me so I can deal with it through the word of God. Y'all, this is no joke. The body of Christ cannot move forward until these grave clothes are taken off. And the only way they can be taken off is you be able to identify that area in your life where you've been hurt, where you've been abused. Come on, some children have been abused through their mother and father's relationship. They fight all the time. They curse each other out. They're cheating on one another. The children got to deal with mama hitting daddy daddy hitting mama and you wondering why all of this is going on because these things come through the generation the daddy is beating mama because he saw his daddy beat his mother so he's thinking it's okay I need to beat you to get you where you need to be and the woman settles for that because she ain't never had love so she said when he beat me he loved me because she was rejected so she thinking those beatings is bringing her the love that she need grave clothes And then the children, it goes down through the children, and they only doing what they saw. When a mother is carrying a child, and she's sleeping around with other men pregnant, what do you think is going to happen to that child when the child come out? Come on, y'all, this is serious business. Then when the child come out, you don't know who the daddy is. This is serious business. Then when the child grow up, the child gets saved, the child end up developing his or her relationship, the Holy Spirit begin to share things with them. Then they go back to the parents and they talk to the parents and say, the Lord is showing me that you didn't want me. What happened in my life for you not to want me? Is this my daddy? Come on, y'all. 
Because God wants you to be healed. He wants you to be made whole. This is why we have to raise our children up and say, this is how it was in my life. But it's not, don't have to be like that in your life. When you see your children going in a pattern that you know your family is going in, you begin to lay your hands on your child and say, you will not be this way. You begin to call those things that be not as though they were. Y'all, every family got something in that family. You better know who you marrying and you better know who you laying down with. If you laying down with incest, it's going to run through your children. That's why you need counsel before you get married. If you laying down with an angry man, you're going to become angry. Because you got soul ties. Y'all, this is no joke. So the Bible says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. But what I want you to grab hold to, everybody in this room need to ask God, what grave clothes am I wearing? What is it that's hidden that the enemy don't want revealed? What is it in my life that's making me so angry that when somebody say something to me, I'm like a bulk constrictor? I'm ready to strike before they even hear me. See, it goes back, y'all, through the womb. It goes back where in the womb you were wounded. You come out wounded. You've never been healed from that. Even though you're saved, you still need to be healed from those things that have held you captured all your life. You need to get with the Holy Spirit and say, why am I feeling this way? Y'all, the spirit of perversion, it is so rapid. And people are so used to it that it has become such a part of them that it's normal living for them. A perverted person know how to get you. I remember this man told us, he said, he called it an eye or something. It wasn't no eye or something. It was a spirit of perversion. But he said, I can look at a woman and take her home. He said, I don't have to say a word. He said, I can go in there and look at them and bring them home with me. That's the spirit of perversion. See, a perverted spirit know a perverted spirit. Spirit know a spirit. Perversion is so real upon this land that it's ending up in murder. Y'all have to know what's going on in your life so you can deal with it through the word of God. You do not have to wear grave clothes because Jesus has set you free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It don't matter what has happened in your family. You do not have to go through what your family went through. Because when you know who you are, you say it stops right here. That's why you got to renew your mind by knowing who you are in Christ. Christian folk. We got some work to do. This is why you got all this mess going on in church. You got people in church looking at other Christians in church just married. Wanting that and know you got a wife. And that spirit of perversion know you want them. Y'all, this is real business. And when you attaching yourself to that, that's what you're going to go after. It's time for soul ties to be broken in the body of Christ. It's time for strongholds to be rooted up and torn down so you can be loose from these things that's keeping you in bondage. That's why Jesus said, loose him and let him go. The grave clothes had to come off 
He couldn't wear them no more because he was a new creation in Christ Jesus. You don't need to wear grave clothes no more. It did come through the generation, but it does not have to be a part of you. When you know who you are, you say, no, that, that's not acceptable. I don't accept that. That's the way they did, but this is not who I am. So if your daddy, your mother, if your daddy was an alcoholic, your mother slept with men, that's not how you need to be. See, some of us blame this one, but it could be this one. The daddy could be going through because of the mama. And sometimes we look at the daddy. The daddy could have left the mama because the mama would not quit going everywhere doing what she ain't supposed to do. So then the daughter watching the mama and the daughter thinking, this is what I need to do to be loved. Y'all, let's get it right in the body of Christ. It's time to root up these strongholds and whatever's holding us in our lives. And if you're in a marriage right now and your marriage is going through and it's kind of shaky, I'm going to tell you what God will do. Men, I'm going to give you a warning. If you're married to a godly woman and that godly woman is seeking the Lord while he can be found, your sin done found you out. Because God is not going to allow a godly woman to lay with a man that's laying with other women or have laid with other women without revealing it to that wife. To give that wife a choice of what she want to do. God will show a woman in a dream. Even if you're not laying with a woman physically, but you have that woman in your mind while you're laying with your wife. God will let that woman know you're cutting out on her. You don't have to cut out on her physically, but you're cutting out on her in your mind. He will show that woman you have a relationship. Oh, you can't hide from God. He will show you what's going on in your house when, thing, when you're not feeling right, when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling something is just off. Why? Because you done made that connection. When a woman connect with a man and a man connect with a woman, you connect with one another. Whatever that man going through, you going through. Whatever that woman going through, you going through. This is why we have to be before the Father. And we have to seek him while he can be found so we can get rid of this stuff that's keeping us bound, y'all. This is no joke. It is not about feeling. It's about faith. Take the time to get into your word. Seek the Lord and say, Lord, I'm feeling this way and I should not be feeling this way. I feel like something is attached to me. I feel burdened. I feel depressed. What's going on in my life? The Holy Spirit will reveal and say, break this right now. That's why you need to know your authority. You need to know who you are in Christ so you can deal with it. Deal with it through the word. Quit making excuses. Quit trying to justify why you angry. Quit trying to justify why you sleeping around. Quit trying to justify why you lying. Quit it. Admit it and quit it through using the word of God. It's time, people, to take off these grave clothes. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's time to let go and let God. But the first thing we want to do is ask God. God, what's going on in my life that I'm not aware of that's holding me in bondage when I'm free in him? Amen. So, Father, right now in the name of Jesus. Father, you know everything that's going on in this room. God, you know all the grave clothes, God, that's attached Two people that are in this room. God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus, whatever grave clothes that are in this room that's keeping your people in bondage where Jesus have made them free. I speak that you reveal it 
right now through the help of the Holy Spirit. And I speak, God, as you reveal it, God, unto us, Father God, that we go into the word of God and we use the word of God like a hammer which breaks the rocks into pieces, like a fire that devours everything that's going on around us, God. I just thank you and I just praise you, God, that we are free, God, because Jesus has set us free. But things that's holding us, God, that's keeping us bound, I speak, God, that they are uncovered, that they are revealed, God, in Jesus' name. God, and I plead the blood of Jesus right now over us in the name of Jesus. And God, everything that the enemy is trying to hold, God, that he don't want to be revealed or seen, I speak, God, that a light shines upon it, the light from the word of God. Because you said the word is a lamp under our feet and a light unto our path. And the entrance of the word gives us light and gives us understanding. God, shine the light of your word, God, over these things, God, so they can be revealed, God. So we don't have to be held captive by the enemy. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you and I praise you for that. In Jesus' name. I want to say this because the Lord has reminded me of this. Y'all remember Jericho. Jericho was part of that territory that the um, Canaanites had. So God sent them into Jericho, but they couldn't go into Jericho any kind of way. God let them know how to defeat Jericho because the wall was so tight that nobody could go in and nobody could come out. So when Joshua, he was seeking the Lord, the Lord told them what to do. He told them to go around that wall for six days. Don't say nothing. He said, but on the seventh day, I want you to shout. Because that wall is coming down. I'm here to tell those that know that you got situations in your life. Know that you have been bothered by things that you know that's not right. You don't even have to be saved to know what's not right in your life. A thief know he's sticky with his fingers. He know every time he come out of a place, he got something in his hand that he don't supposed to have in his hand. And don't he know when he picked it up? That's just how a thief is. Come out with it. That bothers that person. So you want to say, I can't deal with this on my own. So you got to realize you have a problem and you need the help of the Holy Spirit. So when they began to shout, the walls came down and they went in there and they got the, the plunder and all that stuff from Jericho. But then there was a time that they had to go in another place where, where they had territory. And they thought that they were going to win this battle in Ai because it didn't look like Jericho. Some of y'all think you already won a battle in your life. But then when Joshua and them say, we're going to just send a few men in because we don't need all that. When he sent them in, they was running them back out. And he said, God, what's going on? Why couldn't we win this battle? We won the battle in Jericho. Come on, some of y'all feel like that. You won the battle with depression, but then there's this sickness that's coming against your body. And you're wondering, God, why is this sickness still here? Then the Lord began to tell Joshua, Joshua began to pray and seek the Lord. And he said, you got sin in the camp. See, the enemy don't want you to know what you have that's keeping you from getting where you need to be with God. When they found out that sin that was in the camp and it was literally destroyed, they won the battle. That's why you got to seek him, y'all. Why do we take the word to play with? If you're not going to seek God, then you don't want to be free. The enemy making you spend all your time on other things. 
But you need to spend your time with the Holy Spirit to find out what's going on in your life so you won't keep repeating those same patterns over and over and over again. We're repeating the same patterns over and over again. And the reason why we can't get over it because we ain't taking the time to seek the Lord, to say, Lord, help me to get over what I'm in. I don't want my children to go through what I went through. That's why I have to teach them at an early age. Because when you let your children hear all this crazy music, you cursing in front of them, you doing stuff in front of them that you don't supposed to, that's what they think they're supposed to do. So it's time, church. Let's take off these grave clothes. Let's ask God, what am I wearing that I should not be wearing? Because I know that he has set me free. So I thank God that he revealed it to you. And you deal with it. Amen. Come on and give God glory.